righty, ladies and gentlemen, automobile and automotive art enthusiasts from all around the planet Earth. We are back once again with another... Kevin, we're back with a beneficent episode of V8 Radio. <laughs> beneficent? That's right. Wasn't that a character in a Disney movie that was like really bad? <laughs> <laughs> that was Maleficent. This is uh, oh. Beneficent. How, how do you spell that? Uh, that would be B-E-N-E-F-I-C-E-N-T. Nice. What Meaning wow. generous or doing good. Oh, right on. Much like we do at this show. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, I'm your host, Kevin Osti, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Cuball clark And this week, uh, we have a very, very special guest, the uh, a man who is widely known as having the most beneficent pencil in the industry, <laughs> our good friend, Mr. Ed Tilrock. Ed, welcome to VA Radio. How are you doing? Great to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, well, you're, you know, it just so started. Far. So I'd, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd reserve judgment for maybe another 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, well, Ed, uh, this, uh, this show is all about uh, car stuff generally. And um, for those who tune into this and have more than once, we, uh, they know that we start each episode with an automotive trivia question. And we ask the question in the beginning of the show, and then uh, we give the answers at the end. And it's our kind of fun way to uh, to bait our listeners into hanging out <laughs> for the whole episode. So, <clears throat> as uh, as our esteemed guest, have you uh, uh, prepared a, a little trivia question for us? Have I? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, no. <laughs> cool. So so that that tells me that, that thought... Mr. Mr. Ed Tilrock did not read the email. <laughs> I, I, I I read it quickly, and I thought you were going to ask me a question. <laughs> well, we 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 allow everybody to throw one out there. So uh, not to oh, not to put you on gosh. the spot. So so what we'll do is you you just kind of. You can wait in the wings there. Uh, I, I've got one for Mike. Mike's got one for us. And uh, if by the time we get through our exchange, if you've thought of something that you might think is an interesting question, we'll ask you to throw it out. But uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'm going to go right. back and read that right now. <laughs> All right, Mike. So, have you prepared a question? Uh, no. I mean, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Sound like me. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, Kevin and uh, Ed. Uh, this car, the 1938 Buick Y-Job, mm. is said to be the most famous car in General Motors history. Who designed it? Uh, who are you asking first? Yeah. <laughs> Ed, since you are our esteemed guest, I'm going to give you the first crack at this one. Uh, Harley Earl. Well, that was... That was a very quick answer. Are you well, sure I, that you I, I did a be your I don't final know. answer? <laughs> I did a rendering, or you know, a pencil drawing of it a, a couple of years ago. Of course you did. Yes, yes, absolutely. I did. It, everything was 1938, and uh, the Y job was in there. I had the Dymaxion house, which is an Ooh, aluminum the... and plexiglass house that you can see in the Ford Museum. That was uh, a Buckminster Fuller design. Yes, it had the Tesla death ray up on the mountain and a, um, oh, what was the Zeppelin called? The Graf Zeppelin. The Graf, wow. Wow. All 1938, so. Holy yeah. mackerel. I have issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, those I, are good I, issues. I, yeah, I, really. I do have a question. Or an, okay. Or, <laughs> yeah, okay. You ready right, for well, me? Hold, 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 hold that oh, thought oh, for a oh, sec, oh, because okay. uh, we, we kind of do a round robin. So Mike asked you, okay. your answer was the Buick y Jab was a Harley Earl design. Um, this is another one of those situations, Mike. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Ed, uh, because I do believe that is a Harley Earl design. All right. Even though, even though I will say, it seems early for Harley Earl. Oh, ouch. Because he Early was for uh, Earl. Well, yeah, no, no, it's, that's not where I meant to go with that. But uh, uh, Harley, of course, was you know very prominent throughout the fifties and kind of tapered off in the early sixties, right? So sure. thirty-eight, that would have been a, a big project for a young I designer. Wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't think you are. But that, that's sometimes my mind wanders, and that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. But I, I will say it was Harley Earl. All right, very good, duly noted, gentlemen. All right. Um, all right, Mr. Ed, why don't you uh, hit us with uh, with your question, and then I'll pose mine. And, and I might not have the right answer, so <laughs> nobody cares. Even more interesting. <laughs> I rarely I do. Nobody cares. <laughs> why are there two 
of water pumps on a, let's call it a 1932 um, Ford V8 flathead? Great question. That is a great question. And I'm going to defer to Mike. God dang it. Yeah. First. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why are there two water pumps? Um, I'm going to say that the Ford flathead design did not allow for a water crossover. Uh, therefore, you needed an individual water pump for each bank of cylinders. Wow, aren't we, Mr. Sound that, like Smart That is pants. a very, very <laughs> good answer. Thanks. Good I, I, answer. Let's just hope it's the correct answer. <laughs> well, <clears throat> Mr. Q-Ball and Mr. Tilrock, I kind of think I agree with Mike because that flathead design, um, those cylinder heads are kind of self-contained. And, and when you look at that, you know, 60-degree V, you have uh, intake crossovers, for your passages for your intake your air fuel coming in but i don't i don't think there is a water crossover so you got those two returns back to the radiator so i'm gonna agree with mike on that wow wow amazing yeah right now i, I haven't had to have an original thought yet on this episode. <laughs> well that's okay kevin because i haven't had one in the four years we've been doing this <laughs> right on all right well that's uh that's a good one. Okay, so I, I also have one, and uh, I'll put this one to uh, our esteemed guest first. <laughs> what was the name of the glamorous GM auto show that was held from 1949 through 1961? Uh, I, I know it, but my, my brain is faded. Um we try to uh, sometimes yeah. make our, our trivia questions kind of fit with our guests, you know, Mike, with the design question. And, mm -hmm. and this one has the word glamour in the question, and that's why I thought immediately of that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Am I glamorous? Is this, uh, you're painting, you you're me? drawing sure are. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, gosh, I, I, I know when I hear the answer, I will hit myself in the head. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not one of the requirements of the show, but you know, whatever turns you on. Um, <laughs> okay, doing good so far. Yeah. Well, if it's you know, you could take a you could take a, a wag, if you will, the uh, the wild ass guess. Yeah, I, I'm. I keep thinking Autorama. I know that's not it. It's uh, something like something like that. Something like well, that that could be your answer. Something something like, like Autorama, that. yeah. <laughs> something like Autorama. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good enough for this show. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Cuball, do you okay. have a? Uh, Can a you uh, please repeat the question? Yes. What was the name of the glamorous GM Auto Show that was held between 1949 through 1961? 61. Okay. Um, the glamorous auto show. From 49 to 61. And by the way, vehicles like the uh, Buick Y-Job would have been featured. That's that's super helpful. Thank you. <laughs> well, you did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay. I am, since I don't have a clue, I'm going to side with uh, my new friend Ed and say <laughs> Autorama. Original thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you're just going to go straight up Autorama, yep. not something like nope. Autorama. Right. straight up Autorama. Yeah. All right, well, we will find out at the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed. All right, well, good talking with you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Take, hit the road, Ed. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> going to go have some more dates. Yeah. No. Go have some more breakfast. <laughs> so before the show started, we are uh, uh, just kind of chatting and, and getting our microphones set up. And Ed was mentioning that uh, he's been eating a lot of dates um, <laughs> for breakfast or whatnot ever since the uh, the global auto salon trip to Saudi Arabia, which exposed us all to uh, all of us who went to some delicacies of the Middle East that we you know, may not have eaten. Uh, so, which brings me to, uh, you know, to kind of introducing Ed, for those who don't know, Mr. Tilrock, Ed is a, um, his real nickname, um, is not the, 
Bene- what was the word? Beneficent. <laughs> Beneficent pencil. He's, he's known as the nitro-filled pencil because yeah, Ed right. is uh, <laughs> just a tremendous, tremendous automobile uh, artist uh, when it comes to depicting scenes. Um, but what I've I've learned, and I'll have you kind of tell the story, is that one of the things about Ed's artwork, and it's not just pencil, it's multimedia, different you know painting and everything else. But it's got this level of accuracy that is just so insane. And your background kind of started doing things that relied on accuracy before you made the jump into uh, the automotive world. How did how, what was the story? Uh, I I did uh, architectural rendering for uh, forty years. Um, oh, and it's oh, wow. it's when when somebody puts up a new building, they uh, I would do the artwork of what the building was going to look like. You know, the trees, the sky, and all that stuff. Oh, right. And uh, I've, I've rendered everything from a newspaper stand to <laughs> the Sears Tower here in Chicago. Wow. And um, uh, Mecca. I, I did a 10-foot-wide rendering of Mecca. Holy and, oh, wow. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. There was six of us working on that project. And uh, it, was, uh, it was quite an experience, you know, composition, accuracy, perspective, reading drawings, dealing, <laughs> dealing with developers <laughs> and, sure uh, yeah right. architects they were fun but uh yeah <laughs> it, it was uh, it was an interesting career until 2007 yeah and, and then and then things yeah. changed and then things changed and uh my partner at the time says what are you going to do when this all goes away and i i hadn't thought about it i'm like crap i gotta figure this out <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to and, get a job uh, yeah <laughs> i have to get a real job um I, I was working before that uh, 12, 14 hours, days, seven days a week. In fact, in 2005 or six, I worked from January 1st all the way till um, May 1st every day, 12 hours a day. Wow. And, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it, it, it wore me out. <laughs> so I was, sure. ready, I was ready to <laughs> move on to something else and uh, always been a gearhead and uh, loved to draw and uh, would draw cars and things for my friends. And I'm like, I got to develop this, you know, somehow. And uh, I love pencil. So that was, uh, that was the combination. Man, so when you were doing the architectural renderings, of course, you know, like you're suggesting, the architect has the the prints and you got to extrapolate that and and turn it into a, uh, you know, a 3D appearing rendering, a photorealistic almost drawing. Did you ever slip like cool cars in the background? Because I know a lot of times the cars are like little (laughs) blocks and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And sometimes they didn't want you to, you know, but uh, with different clients, I knew I could get away with things. But uh, I I used to enjoy, especially when computer uh, design first started, I would catch the architects and I'd say, you know, the roof on this building doesn't really work. And they would say, yeah, we know, make it work, make it look good. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) So I'd have to be creative and and make it work. So were you modifying the design or fudging the rendering? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Well, that that could be a little risky, you know, because the thing gets built and then the, you know, the guy's standing across the street saying, yeah, this doesn't quite, it's like when you order a Big Mac, you know, it doesn't quite look like the picture. Well, there, there's that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, many, many, many architects uh, would just, uh, it, it depended on, on their meetings. If they had to go in front of a board to uh, get, uh, permits and things that's that's one thing or if they had to get financing uh you know that's what they really needed the renderings for so hmm. it, it was uh, it was a fascinating uh and, and crazy business yeah i bet i bet so so you were tasked with putting emotion into the into the drawing basically right and getting people exactly. excited about it yeah. exactly and, and make it look realistic make it look like the building grew there yeah so well, so that, and that, that translated to, to doing the, the automotive art, you know, uh, composition and perspective. And, and that. Well, without a doubt. And, and you have such an amazing ability on, on several different levels. I mean, there are people who can compose an image that has a sense of energy or a sense of motion or, or you know, perspective or, or whatever. And it, and it might be a simple line drawing, you know. Right. Um, you have that ability, but then you take it to an entirely different level in your pencil sketch because 
if somehow you can take a, a regular pencil, the same one that I used to, you know, <laughs> fail math tests with, and and it looks like a black and white photograph. The detail is so sharp, and there's so much contrast and reflections and everything. Uh, it, it is truly mesmerizing. Oh, thank you, thank you. When I first started doing this, I I I, I love oil painting and and doing oil paintings. Although I don't have the patience for oil, but I wanted my pencil renderings to look like uh, oil paintings, you know, just in in black and white, and and I wanted them to have a story. Uh, as we were talking about the the Y job, you know, everything that that was in that uh, drawing I did was from 1938, and composing that with people and and things going on uh, is from the architectural background. You know. Yeah. So when you create these stories, let's talk about that, that same image once again. Sure. Were you commissioned to do that, or was that just no. an idea you had? No. It's, it, it, in, in fact, it's pretty funny. Uh, um, I, most of the architecture, I hate to keep going back to that, was, no, was, commi was commission work. It was done for somebody else. Um, I like doing uh, artwork for me. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Things mm -hmm. that float my boat, uh, like the Y job. And like the Dymaxion house and, and that. Um, so there, there are a lot of, uh, I probably have half of the artwork that I've created the last 10, 12 years. Really? Um, yeah. In a drawer. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, some man. of it's on the wall. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, I primarily, the way I figure it is if I like it, hopefully somebody else will like it. Well, that's a, it's a good philosophy. And, and I think as, as a media producer myself, that, that, that's kind of one of my yardsticks when we put a video out. It's like, because it's something that I'd want to watch, because if I don't want to watch it, nobody's going to want to watch exactly. it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know? Or I put stuff out that I want to watch and nobody does watch. So. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen well, with, too. With, with, the, with the architecture, it was very rare that I would get a building that I really would like to draw or, or it was magic marker and pastel and all that. It was, it was color, but mm -hmm. it was very rare that I, get a building that I could sink my teeth into and make something out of it, you know. Uh, it, it was a lot of just crap that I <laughs> didn't mm -hmm. like, but I had, sure. to, I had to make it look good, you know. So. Yeah, how do you make a, uh, a tilt-up yeah. concrete uh, facility? Be, uh, exactly. Uh, you know how many off, uh, warehouses, uh, precast concrete warehouses I've done? Yeah. yeah a, a, a lot. Huh. Now, when you kind of made that jump, uh, was this something that you you sat down and had a business plan and said, "Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to these shows. I'm gonna you know," or, or was this like, "I'm burned out on the architecture stuff. The market changed because of the economy. I got to do something. Maybe I'll just try and sell some of these." I mean, what did you do there? That must be kind of scary. Oh, it was very scary, and no, it was total panic. <laughs> I had I had. Partners, we rented an office, and uh, at that point I had a home and all sorts of things. And I was looking for a way of making a living. Um, some of my friends said, just go get a job at Home Depot. And I'm like, oh, uh, I just no. can't, I can't do that. You know, I got to I gotta figure it out. And, you know, that's, that's I'm still working on <laughs> figuring it out. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's the challenge every day, is trying to figure out how to how to make this work, how to make people like my artwork and, and get it out there so people can see it. And uh, so, no, I had no plan. I had zero, zero plans. And uh, one of the first drawings I did was, uh, I love Bonneville, and I was there in 02, need to go back again. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a, of a 34 Ford at Bonneville with the sky, the clouds, and all that. Um, again, similar to the architecture, the way I, I would approach it. And uh, uh, it grew from there and just started going to shows, taking pictures of cars. And um, actually, I, I don't know if you remember Hub Garage. You remember mm -hmm. Hub yeah, Garage? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Jacobs was a spokesman for that yep. at one point. And um, I had drawn his car, his GTX. And he, I, I asked him if he can get me into the Detroit Autorama. And mm -hmm. uh, he, he and Scott Whitaker, who runs Dynamat, he ran ran Hub Garage. Hub Garage, yeah. Uh, got me in. I was, <laughs> I was in, I had a little six by six by six triangle of space between Hub Garage and a Mercury that 
that uh, a, a Merck Custom that uh, Scott had there. And he said it was a tilt front end. He says, if every half hour you can open the hood, I really appreciate it. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, sure, you had a Scott, purpose in life. So that was the first show. That was my first experience. And uh, in fact, some of the clients, I, I people I met there are still my clients, you know, or customers. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you uh, uh, create some some prints for that event or did you had stuff already or did you draw I, there? I mean, I, I prepared as much as I could. That was in, oh gosh, what would that have been? 08, I think. And uh, the wheels fell off for me in, at the end of 07. So I just every day would draw a car or something. You know, I did a 39 Buick, uh, no, 39 Cadillac uh, V16 and, you know, trying to figure out what would what would work what would sell and uh, some of the stuff I had didn't sell and some did and I would just you know move on from there man yeah trying to read the market is uh, oh my a gosh. whole a whole nother talent and pay rent and pay employees <laughs> and you know right. and as that was going away I eventually moved into my home and uh, I did that for a few years and then we ended up losing that and uh, renting, but uh, it it turned around with SEMA, with uh, um, Bob Larravee uh, Sr. He saw yeah. my artwork at the uh, um, in Chicago at the World of Wheels. Mm-hmm. And he says, "I'm going to get you into SEMA." I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> and uh, he did, and it's it's kind of been great since then. And he did more than just get you into SEMA. Right. He, he, well, he got me into a gallery. There was uh, the, oh, I'm not going to get this right, Hot Rod something gallery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at SEMA, they do have a, a, an area of artists that are on display, and I guess you were initially part of that right. display. Yeah. Right. And then that kind of fell apart, but uh, um, Peter McGillivray and, and a few others asked me to be one of a handful of, of artists to display our work there. And uh, then I was the SEMA artist for a couple of years. Which yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Just, just awesome. And, and that was the amazing thing because I think I may have seen your art at one of the Chicago events um, before SEMA. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, you know, and, and here's your stuff everywhere at SEMA. And, and when you're the featured <laughs> artist, I mean, that that's no light task. I mean, you had to create, no. and you, you'll be able to tell us, but just all these, you know, uh, uh, images that were then uh, blown up and put on display at the entryways, down the hallways, at special oh, exhibits. I mean, so for your first SEMA, do you, do you remember how many different pieces you created for that? Oh, uh, well, the, the first time I got uh, asked to do something well, actually, the second time, Peter asked me to do the 50th anniversary uh, artwork for yeah. SEMA. And that wall was 140 feet long by 8 feet high. <laughs> Holy cats. <laughs> yeah. Now, I had to figure out how to do it, so I did it as a scroll. It was 14 inches tall and then 12 feet long. Wow. And so I would... I would work on it right in front of me and roll up and you know unroll fresh paper i had four days to create that piece of artwork that covered the 50 years of SEMA. four days four days no pressure yeah. no pressure no, at all no no they were feeding me they were feeding me the decades and i was composing uh, the, the artwork, uh, as we go, you know, I told oh my, my wife, I says, I'll be in that room over there. <laughs> Just that is there. incredible. Yeah. And it's one of my proudest pieces and, uh, uh, it was a lot of work, but, but it turned out really great. I was really happy with it. Oh, it's a tremendous piece because there is obviously so much history in it that's depicted. And because it is, a till rock creation it's instantly identifiable the people and the cars and everything that are in it um because it you know if they asked me to draw that it would look like one of those uh, bad, <laughs> i've seen bad, i've seen you draw you're not bad i'd look you... like one of those bad tattoo memes you know <laughs> <where it's> like... <laughs> 
and no regerts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, but then, then they asked me to be the artist, and so every hall uh, had a piece of my artwork blown up uh, to be a billboard. I mean, I, I walked in there that year and it's like with my son Ian, and I'm like, oh my god, this <laughs> stuff is huge. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pretty crazy. Even the little magazine newspaper stands they had had my artwork on it. It was the, everywhere. Uh, the, yeah, it was uh, it was terrific. I lo- I loved it. <laughs> I hate to say that, yeah. but I did. No, I mean it was and tremendous. And totally. Yeah. And, and to me, um, what, what blows my mind is that there are. I'm going to use the term professional. You know, a true professional can do whatever they do like right now or tomorrow morning or whenever you ask. And there are others that are, maybe they're professionals also, but they, they have to do things on their own terms. And right. you're the kind of guy who obviously somebody can ask something of you and you can just go, boom, here, you know, four days, 50 years, 120 feet long, sure, <laughs> bam, and, and get it done. So to me, that that's a special internal communication between your headspace and your drawing hands to be able to make that happen. And that's not something that a lot of artists have. And, and I, you know, I don't know how, you know, you were saying you were kind of getting burned out on drawing buildings, but you still love to draw. You just change the subject and the hardware still worked and you were able to make it happen. I mean, that, that, that's pretty incredible, man. Well, I, I, I am passionate about what I do. I, I, I'm a total gearhead. I like, I'll do a, I'll go to a, 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 a car show, do a show for three or four days, drive home, get home at two in the morning, and I'll put a car show on TV, or I'll look at a, mm-hmm. a, a magazine. I'm, I'm just. My wife looks at me and says, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so does mine. I, and I said, "I don't know," <laughs> but it's what I am, you know. And yeah, uh, I, I've always been like that. It's, I'd be sitting there in school, and a teacher would be talking, and I'd be drawing cars, you know dream cars back when I was in grade school and 69 Camaros when I was in high school when they were brand new. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tried, you know. I, <laughs> I, 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 my, uh, my introduction to a lot of that stuff was Cartoons Magazine. Ah, and sure. And I would, uh, you know, follow George Trosley's How to Draw things to a T. And in fact, if I sketch a tire today, you can look at it and go, yep, that's George. That's what he does. And, that's, that's, that's who trained me. You know, I didn't have any formal training and I'm not like I'm, I'm some artist, but that's kind of where I learned to do it. But, uh, at the same time, um, again, it was just something that got me through biology class and got me through math class was doing all those sketches and stuff. And, and to me, I'm one of those people who would envision something in my mind. And then what came out on paper never matched. So I became very frustrated and then it was a turnoff. <laughs> so when you start something like that image from 1938 with the Damaxian house and the Y job, do you have like a blueprint in your mind or do you just kind of let it come out? Uh, I, I, Yes and no. It's a blueprint, but it's constantly changing because uh, I, to get the composition I want, I move things around. But I, ha- I uh, for some reason, uh, 1938 stuck out in my mind. And so I started looking for things that were from that era. And it's all things I like. I don't know so much about the Tesla death ray, <laughs> which is hard to say. <laughs> but, yeah, right. but, but I like that. Uh, you talk about out there. That guy was out there, man. I'll tell you. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I try to tell a story, and uh, through the composition, I want your eye to stay in the picture and not run off to one side or the other. And hmm. uh, that, I, I, that's part of my training, I guess, for the architecture is to... to uh, Disney did that. You would, they would darken the edges. I'm doing this with my hands. I don't know if you can see that. Um, <laughs> he, would have, he, <laughs> he would have trees coming from the left and the right, uh, mm-hmm. cropping, cropping the artwork. So you focus on the bright stuff in the middle. Yep. So I always use that, that composition, uh, to, uh, to form my artwork. Interesting. And also trying to tell a story. I, I have a picture of a couple of, uh, Mercs. One's a, th- a th- 39 and one's a 40, both customs, one's a convertible and one's a, a chopped. And 
there's a girl sitting in the convertible off to the side looking upset, smoking a cigarette, and then the two guys are talking to each other, and it's, it's called Date Night. And in, yeah. the background, in the background is, a, is an ice cream shop, you know, and it's, it's how many guys, car guys have been there where you're with your buddies and you're like, and the girl's like, can we go? Yep, exactly. So, that's great. But that's the story, you know, and I've had women uh, look at that and they've come up to me and go, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, I'm not buying that because I've been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, in my case, it's, uh, it's my wife that's doing the talking about the cars, and I'm over there by the ice cream stand going, come on! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's really cool, and, and I think that's another thing that might be lost on, on some people, that uh, uh, an image is so much more than just an image, and you can appreciate the color and things that kind of catch your eye, but if you can get that story, and especially if the story is, is um, I don't want to use the term obvious, but present enough to where you look at it and you go, oh yeah, you know, right away. Right. right. That's awesome. I get that, you know. So, uh, you know, being a, a, a car guy and, and, you know, you obviously told us you've been drawing cars your whole life. Um, what about hands on? Were oh, you a builder? Uh, yeah. Were you, a, you know, well, a home, home builder, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, had a 70 Nova that I drove for 11 years uh, with a small block in it and, and uh, black vinyl roof, black interior, and it was horrible in the summer (laughs) but uh and i had trans am that i've painted and stuff like that uh i have a 36 chevy coupe in the garage that i need to get out and uh it's got a big block in it that uh, my sons helped me they're both gearheads and uh, they helped me put it together for the hot rod power tour in 05 Mm. and uh, we got it done the day before um I yep. burnt up an alternator <laughs> on the test run <laughs> and uh, found out it was all my grinding in the garage. Um, but uh, we we drove it for the whole 1,200 miles. I had to replace the starter for the same <laughs> reason. Wow. But uh, the car was the car was a lot of fun. Um, and it's it's been in the garage for a while. I need to get it out this year. So. Those are... Um... All too familiar power tour stories, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got it done the night before, stuff oh, wasn't yeah. sorted out, oh, yeah. and broke on the road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's part yeah. of that whole deal, though. It's just not fun otherwise. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. My, uh, my best friend had a, has a 68 Camaro and, uh, with a big block, and his um, a coil died on the trip, and we replaced that, and then my car wouldn't start. But his car would overheat going through Nashville. Uh, there was an accident, so traffic was stopped on the highway. And every time we'd stop and he'd shut it off, we'd have to push start it because the starter oh. would get out. Oh, no. And I told him at the end, I says, I'm done pushing your car. <laughs> <laughs> Better not stop. So, yeah, I'm, no, I'm full on, full on gearhead. And... Uh... So this, I guess this past year at the PRI show, I, I bumped into you and, and saw your display and, and um, met your son. And the, the legacy continues because yeah. uh, he's a car guy and so is his son, right? Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. My, my, uh, I have two sons, uh, Ed, Ed and Ian, Ed the third. And Ed the third has Ed the fourth, who just turned right. 16. And they are building a, a 29 uh, uh, Model A two-door. Uh, with a four-cylinder in it, but it's going to be hot-rodded, kind of 40 style, uh, dropped in the back or in the front, and uh, but still feel original. And uh, he's 16; he's all excited about it. So uh, I wish I could be over there helping him, but uh, you know, with what's going on, I can't. I can't yeah. go over there, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, I, I cheer him on. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, that's really cool to see a guy his age into that era of cars. Exactly. In fact, uh, I had a 65 Chevelle that I met my wife in in 1971, and he owns my 65 Chevelle. It's all apart, <laughs> but it's another project for him. Um, How cool and, is that? That's super cool. We've bought a few things for it uh, so he can get it back on the road. So I'm, I'm hoping the next couple of years he gets that going too. But I think they'll have the Model A going before winter, at least running. So, right on. And what's the uh, what's the combo on the Chevelle? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I, right I have a four-speed <laughs> for it, but there there's go. no engine. 
my son wanted to put an LS in it or a big block. He said, no, I'll let him start out with a small block. You know, he can change it however he wants. We'll get the body work done, get it painted, and uh, start out with uh, just a little 283 or something small, and then he can do whatever he wants as he gets yep. older. You know, That's but, cool. Uh, and then what? Ian, uh, my, my younger son, he's uh, in his mid-30s. He has a, uh, he's a Mercedes mechanic. And uh, he has several uh, AMGs, and uh, he's building a 2015 Z06 Corvette, and uh, he just uh, mushroomed a couple of valves in it. <laughs> so ah. he's ah. taking that apart again. <laughs> but Whoops. it had a thousand horsepower. So nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, uh, go ahead. Is he a dealer mechanic, or is he working in independent? He's a shopper? dealer mechanic. Yeah, he's nice. he's been a dealer mechanic for I think 10, 12 years. So hmm. maybe a little more. But uh, Ed, Ed the Third built a uh, uh, a thirty Dodge um, Sport Coupe uh, into a hot rod. It's got a Buick nail head in it. And, uh, I've seen that one. That's that cool. was at SEMA. Yeah, that was at SEMA a couple of years ago. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's all good. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it, it reminds me of a, a, a quote my grandfather used to say. You know, he used to say diarrhea was hereditary because it runs in your genes. Hey, oh, it sounds like hot rods are hereditary in uh, in your family, which is really awesome. That's well, cool. and my wife said she wouldn't have dated me if if I wasn't into cars. So, oh, that's uh, cool. she had a purple right vo- she had a purple Volkswagen, a uh, '65 Volkswagen, and uh, she cut out pink um, contact paper. In the letters "Goofy Grape," and that was on the trunk lid or engine cover. <laughs> cool. Ah, cool. Had 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 some uh, you know Chevy wheels on it, and and you know so yeah. <laughs> That's great. So it's it's in the family. <laughs> right on. So it, it is great that uh, that she digs this stuff too, because it's it's hard to pursue a passion career with somebody who doesn't get it or support it. Now, there are days where she'll say, no car talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I get, and I, I get that, too. Yeah. There are days when I say that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that you've been doing, in addition to uh, having been the, the SEMA featured artist and whatnot, uh, but you've been doing the portraits for the SEMA Hall of Fame inductees oh, for yeah. a while. Th- that that is that's a highlight for me because I love all those guys, you know, Alex Exidius and, and, uh, it, it, you know, all, all the people that, uh, uh, Jack Chisenhall is, is one of the inductees from, uh, um, uh, air conditioning and Vinegar. Uh, yeah. Vinegar. Thank you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's such an honor to, to draw these guys. And some of them, I know some of them, I, I don't know, but they, at SEMA last year, they had me sitting at the, one of the tables that all the uh, uh, SEMA Hall of Fame guys were sitting at. And it's it's such an honor and so cool to be a part of that. And uh, I, I absolutely love doing that. Yeah. And oh, I guess so that was at the banquet? Yeah. 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 yeah I was there for part of that. <laughs> <laughs> you look familiar. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, was we, so cool about that that whole thing is – when you do those portraits, and again, giving people some insight on your talent level, I think there are many who can do realistic figures and humans and, and faces and portraits, but they don't you know, maybe have the accuracy to do technical drawings of machines and cars and everything, but, but everything you do is just, it's so spot on. Uh, and, and a question I had was, having seen some of those SEMA Hall of Fame portraits, um, many of those are not like current day photos, right? It right, seems like right. some of them are from previous times in history. What, what's that right. whole strategy? I don't know. They they pick a bunch of photos and they send them to me, and then we talk about it. And uh, okay. um, you know, it's it's um, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it well, it's some of the people have been with SEMA for a long time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, uh, so so it's different photos from, from when they were giving a speech maybe, or, or something at, at SEMA, a specific time. Maybe a significant yeah. moment. Or, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or a good picture is a good picture, you know? Oh, there's that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, some of them are really, it, it just flows. It's natural. It's easy. And I'm drawn and it looks like the person. 
and some of them it's a dog fight you know uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things you know and uh this year there are going to be four inductees usually there's mm-hmm. three and um it, it it's uh they they went really well they i i was very very happy with them and hopefully they are too <laughs> so yeah well I'm sure they will be right i can't see them not yeah so that you know brings up a question of kind of the process um again being a guy who would try to do this stuff and get frustrated and you know throw all of his pencils across the room and you know that's me tear, tear the paper up <laughs> that's me. right i mean I, i've seen you do things live at the muscle car and corvette nationals for example right. you've got a, a display and you're, you're there sketching away and it seems like everything is just cruising right along you know but i'm imagining that's not how it always is no it's not in fact uh, i've been doing a lot of painting lately and in fact i finished um a painting of the 1934 uh, dragster, the 554 um, blue 34 Ford. Yes, and, you shared that on Facebook, some of that. Yes, thing. and uh, it was a struggle up until I put my name on it. Really? It just fought me every ounce of the way. Yeah, and and again, sometimes paintings or, or drawings, they go smooth. And, you know, it just bam. This one, until I, I, I retoned the side of the car... I didn't like it and was going to paint it over. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, which was pretty far along. Probably 90% of it was done. <laughs> so, yeah, it, you know, but I like that. It's challenging. It's frustrating because uh, I can't figure it out. And I, I need that challenge. So, um, hmm. not exactly thrilled all the time with it, but, but I do need that challenge. Right, right. So, when things are fighting you, as you say... Is it the the technical side of this brush, you know, just blobbed paint on the side, or or do you, you have you've been doing this a long time? Do you have a mastery <laughs> of the of the mechanics, and it's just the composition, the color, the actual image is what you don't dig? Yes, if something doesn't go right. <laughs> well, it's both. <laughs> uh, I I will I will take the the piece of art, whatever I'm working on. And put it in front of the TV when I'm sitting with my wife in the evening or, or you know, even like now I'm looking at it. And I, I with a critical eye, and and my wife said to me a couple of years ago, she goes, quit admiring your work. And I go, you have no idea what I'm thinking of doing to this. I want to cut, erase, change. And she goes, go ahead, go do it. You know, because it, it, but I have to look at it to to get the composition right to get everything to flow to get the colors right the um i, I can't i can't really put a finger on it but i mm-hmm. there's a certain time where i know it's right and i'm done um i, I usually don't go back and rework things uh, occasionally i i do but uh, very rare i i know when to stop i guess <laughs> this is what hmm. i'm saying well when it when it looks right, then it probably is, and that's that's the time to stop. Yeah, I think um, you know, looking at a lot of this stuff, especially, I, I'm noticing myself that as as people, especially in I guess in America, we're exposed to art class in grade school and in, in junior high, maybe maybe in high school, and and then that acceptance kind of goes away you know it's like kids are supposed to draw and paint and be creative but then later in life you know most people aren't really doing this kind of stuff and and i know maybe some of it is because there's not time and it's not productive and you know you got to raise a family and all the rest of it but i think a lot of it is and i know for me there's there's a fear factor there you know it's like if i'm gonna try to do something and create something my fear is that it's going to suck or i'm going to do it wrong or i'm going to waste time or other people are going to look at it and say it's garbage and and for you to be able to obviously you've got a, a highly advanced skill set but as you're reworking these things is there still a fear factor of is this going to go well or oh constantly uh, up hmm. and up and there's a certain point where i go ah okay but, but that could be near the beginning of the process or, or like the, with this last one I did, uh, near the end. I just, um, uh, it, yeah, it, it, uh, <laughs> usually when I start, I'm very nervous about it. Am I going to be able yeah. to do this? And, and uh, then, then I'll, I'll 
I'll find a comfortable spot. And sometimes when I hit that point where I'm not comfortable with what I'm doing, um, I, I had to do, I did a drawing of a, uh, a flathead engine and um, it, it was so detailed. And I did the air cleaners, the little bell-like air cleaners mm -hmm. on top. And I did them so good, I had to finish the drawing. <laughs> mm. and, and the you know rest I mean? of it had to look that nice too exactly i so i so i had to step up and and create create this thing that made me say okay i gotta finish it now <laughs> i gotta rise to that level i gotta uh i gotta make it look good it's it's called the uh, tiki starfighter and yeah. uh if cool. you ever see it you'll you'll understand why there's a couple of tiki guys in there but uh, <laughs> yeah, so cool but so so yeah even with painting and that i'll i'll find something like a wheel or, or something, and I'll make it so, so I'll, I'll be so happy with that, then I have to bring the rest of the artwork up to that level. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fascinating. I, I don't know if other artists do it that way, but I do. <laughs> well, I think many do, and obviously some don't, you know, nobody's the yeah. same, and it's not like there's right. a, you know, a rule book or anything, but, right. but you can tell the people that, that were masters uh, pay attention to all those details. Musicians and, and, and bands, they make sure that every every musician is of the, the, the highest caliber all the way down to the recording process and the sound right. quality and the album artwork. You make all that stuff, you know, the same high level, you'll have a win, you know, right. as opposed right. to, boy, that drummer was awesome, but the rest of the band is horrible, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other thing with drawing is if you're not happy with it, figure out why and, and either start over or correct it. You know, um, so that's something I've, I've, I've always tried to, to work on, to figure hmm. out why I'm not happy with it. And, Interesting. Uh, and like tools, blending tools and all that stuff, I make my own. I just, uh, I, I like the challenge of making things. Yeah. And, uh, I like to make my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's cool because you know what you need. You, need, you know what you needed to do. <clears throat> right. So that gives you the opportunity to make that happen, and you're technical enough to be able to do that. So that's really cool. Yeah. And of course, today you can get an actual branded Ed Tilrock pencil. <laughs> can you? <laughs> you can, yeah. Yeah. I have I have a, a friend, a client, a friend, uh, who gave me a thousand pencils with my name on it, and yeah. um, I, I had ordered some years and years ago, but they they went pretty fast, and he's. He, <laughs> He's such a good uh, friend. He had socks that looked like a pencil, and he, he, he nice <laughs> came up to me at SEMA a couple of years ago and says, "Here," <laughs> and so the the uh, the toe is the the point of the pencil, and the <laughs> top of the <laughs> sock awesome. is the eraser. That was pretty cool. <laughs> nice. He's a, he's a good guy. So, how about Ed Tilrock, the consumer of art? What kind of stuff do you like to look at from other people that that uh, that oh, really catches yeah. your eye? Uh, you know, there's a handful of artists I really love, uh, Tom Fritz and, and uh, Steve yeah. Stanford, yeah. and that the, the, they were inspiration for me, and they're friends now, which is which is phenomenal. And uh, but I've been I've been looking at abstract art and uh, um, trying to. You know, I've done a lot of realistic things, and I, I, I want to progress and, and do some abstract contemporary type art. And uh, I, huh. I, yeah, and I'd also like to do graffiti. Uh, I just oh. there's there's some graffiti artists out there that are just phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal. So I, I like it all. You know, it's kind of like cars. I like it all from Formula One to drag racing to to whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, art's the same way for me, you know. Um, funny thing, like Picasso, when he was younger, he was he did realistic portraits when he was a teenager. They they were phenomenal, just beautiful. And as he got older, uh, it was less and less and less and more <laughs> more abstract and contemporary. And you know, mm -hmm. his stuff was awesome too. So. Well, maybe he started to kind of find his marketable niche too, you know. It could be. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know the story very well. Yeah. But I do have a funny Ed Tilrock story. Oh, and uh, this <laughs> happened at SEMA a couple of years ago. <laughs> this is a great one. And, and I, I'll tell you the truth. I was a little, it was a little awkward at the time because we didn't know each other very well. And I was treading lightly. But I don't know if I told you this story, Mike. 
but uh, we're sitting at the SEMA banquet, and I was uh, in the audience with Kelly sitting at uh, at a, a table as an invited guest that year. And during the banquet, they do some tribute videos honoring different members of, of SEMA and different people in the industry that are notable. And one of the little vignettes had our friend Steve Stanford uh, being featured. And Steve is a brilliant artist. He's, uh, in, in my mind, he's one of the the um, the pioneers of the, the automotive rendering, you know, the custom rendering. And, you know, I've been looking at his stuff in, in Hot Rod Magazine forever. And I, I had the chance to meet him and interview him back in the mid-90s for Hot Rod TV. We went to his little trailer on on pete santini's lot and and interviewed him and saw his process and he had a really a lot of really great things to say about being a creative artist and i asked him you know what medium he used and what tools he used and it, was he a pencil guy or a colored pencil guy or a watercolor and, and he said man i don't really care what it is if it looks right it's right he goes look over there that's liquid paper and i drew white lines with it you know and ballpoint <laughs> pen you know? and it was like really you know and it, it that really was kind of liberating to me because um, as long as you, you know, it, it truly is to, to use the old, you know, quaint saying, it's the artist, not the paintbrush. And if you do something with it, it doesn't matter really how you got there. And, and that was kind of, you know, validating for, for me to hear a guy who's that good say that kind of statement. So anyway, they're, they're honoring Stanford in this little video and I'm sitting at this table and I look behind me and Steve is at the next table. And, uh, and I went, huh, and behind me over my other shoulder is Ed Tilrock <laughs> sitting at another table. And I went, oh, there's Ed, you know. And one of my goals, and I, I've not been able to do this, you know, fully yet, but, but there's all these artists that I really admire that I would love to have um, pieces from. I'd love to have them do some work of, you know, a car or an image or something that, that I want because I want to help them out. I want to buy their stuff and support them and, and whatnot. And it dawned on me that uh, Stanford is also a Buick guy. He likes Riviera's. Right on. So I kind of got the balls up to, to, to slide over to <laughs> Steve after his video played and everybody's in tears in the whole place, you know? <laughs> and uh, I said, Steve, and he's like, Hey man, what's going on? I said, look, I know now's now's not the time and place, but, uh, I've got a 70 Buick Riviera that I would love to have you do an image of, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, redesign the car, whatever. I, I would just, that would be really cool. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I would love to do that. He said, let's, uh, let's talk about it, you know, in a couple of weeks. Uh, do you, uh, you got something to write your number down? <laughs> and I said, uh, no, but I turned and I looked over and I saw Tilrock. <laughs> he's the nitro filled pencil. So I, I kind of crawl over to Ed and I go, Ed, this is a crazy request, but do you have a pencil? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, why? I'm like, well, I got to give Stanford my number. <laughs> and I was a little uneasy, you know, cause I'm thinking Ed's like, well, why aren't I getting your number? Yeah. <laughs> oh but, no, but it's the, all cool. It's the all crazy cool. thing was, is, is Ed pulls this, he opens this book up and he's got a pencil. He pulls this little short one out that's pretty well used. And he hands it to me. He says, here you go, right? So I go over to Stanford and I write my phone number down on his on his dinner place card, <laughs> a little tent card. And I look at the pencil and the pencil brand is Riviera. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. meant to be. It was exactly. meant to be. And I still have the pencil. Yep. Nice. And you I've talked to Steve. from me. I, yeah, you gave that to me. I know. <laughs> and uh, uh, I've talked to Steve about doing this. With the, the the universe hasn't clicked yet enough to where we can move forward on this project, but I'm, I'm yeah. hoping to make that happen. But yeah. that was a really really special moment to have, uh, you know, Steve who I've admired and appreciate, and Ed who I admire and appreciate, and everything just kind of weirdly snapped together at this great event that that I you know am so. Uh, you know, happy to be at and everything else. So it was pretty With a cool. Riviera pencil. I know. Yeah, you top it all off. That's crazy. Right. I, I, I'll do a show like in Detroit, the Autorama or whatever, and people will come up to me with a handful of pencils. And they say, oh, I saw these at an at a antique shop or whatever, uh, you know, yard sale, and I, and I thought of you. And so <laughs> they hand me a whole pile of pencils. Oh, my gosh. That's where that Riviera one came from. In fact, one of the uh, artists uh, at, at in Detroit uh, that I see is Canadian, 
uh, Uncle Ian, who makes the little flying eyeball pins. Mm. And uh, he came up to me this year and handed me a, a dozen Canadian pencils. He says, I thought you should try something from the north. <laughs> nice. It's a Dixon Ticonderoga, eh? Eh? <laughs> Mol- Molson. <laughs> it's Canadian for lead. Right. Uh, that's great. Too cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I, I enjoyed uh, the, that the SEMA thing. That was pretty cool. And Steve's such a great guy, such a humble guy. And such oh, a yeah. great artist. Yeah. yeah, totally. Well, this uh, this has been great, Ed. I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us and, and share some of these stories. And and I know a lot of times, you know, people get to see the artwork, but uh, it, it's nice to kind of hear the motivation and the, and the history behind it. Um, and right now, I'm I'm feeling the uh, the collective burning eyeballs of everybody mm. looking at us, saying, "I want the answer to your dumb trivia questions, guys." <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to reveal some of these answers, and and because Mike, you went first, right? Correct. Uh, Correct. Why don't you reveal yours? Absolutely. Okay, boys. I asked you um, about who designed the uh, Buick Y job, and Ed, you guessed Harley Earl. And Kevin followed suit and also guessed Harley Earl. And congratulations, fellas. That's absolutely correct. Woo-hoo. All right. Yay. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. He, nice. he actually drove that car for three or four years. Did really? it really? In the winter. In the winter? <laughs> in, De- in Detroit. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was freaking Harley Earl. You know, that's what yeah, you get. Yeah, I guess that's right. you get to. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And it had like 13 or 14 inch wheels. I think it were 13 inch wheels, but really tall tires. Huh. So it's just bizarre. Anyway, okay. It was bizarre, but it was cool. So who's next? Me? Uh, I guess you went second, so yeah. Um, it. The reason why there are two water pumps is Henry Ford is cheap. And he said, no, use two of the four-cylinder water pumps. Ah, no kidding. Ah, no and kidding. You, can't, you can put with some machining a 409 Chevy uh, water pump on a flathead. It'll span across. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. So Henry said, in, tip, in typical Henry Ford fashion, we have a billion of these in right. our parts. Right. You're just going to put two of them on. And it's kind of surprising, though, because it's double the parts, but yeah. it's not the But there's R&D. no development cost. Right. Done. Ding, dong, done. Look at that. So Mike yeah. and I were both wrong on that. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, I thought, I, wrong I, thought I was onto something there. <laughs> By the way, Ed was Kevin. Yeah, Ed was pretty good at making you believe that. Yeah, right. That, that must be frustrating. Man, you made me feel great about myself. <laughs> Thank How you, you Ed. Now? I've never been so happy to be wrong. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, my question. Wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well. My question was, what was the name of the glamorous GM auto show that was uh, put on between 49 and 61? And Ed said something like Autorama. Mike said Autorama. Motorama. It's Motorama. See, it came. I was close. But your answer was correct because it's like Autorama. It's Motorama. (laughs) So you are correct, my friend. Nicely done. (laughs) Wow. Do I get like a washing machine or something? (laughs) Tell them what he's won, Johnny. (laughs) That's right. Uh, yeah, you get a washing machine. Just keep your eye on your mailbox, and we'll be in there next week. (laughs) Doing it now. (laughs) Yeah, right on. Oh, boy. Well, this was a lot of fun, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, for everybody who's interested, Ed, tell them where they can find your artwork to uh, purchase their own. Oh, edtillrock.com. Um, let's see. I'm on Instagram and Facebook as as me. <laughs> so just Ed Tillrock Art, uh, I think, on Instagram and Ed Tillrock Pencil Specialist on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So. And you've been uh, uh, posting videos and stuff and, and a lot of cool things to show people kind of how it's done. You yeah. were telling me once that there was a time when people just didn't believe that this was you actually creating this stuff. Right. Steve Coonan of uh, Rotter's Journal, they did an article on me a couple of years ago, a, a nice little story, uh, which which was awesome. And he says, now you use Photoshop in that, don't you? No, uh. no it's all hand drawn. Mm-hmm. So I, I showed him, I take pictures in between uh, while I'm working on the artwork and uh, I send it to him and he put it in the back of the uh, Rotter's Journal. That's cool. Yeah. Proof. It was pretty cool. Just proof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, uh, here in our house, uh, 
we have one of your prints hanging on the wall. It's the uh, the one called Push, where it's all the yes. guys around the the coop on the what I'm I'm guessing is the little dry lake or the salt, and these guys are getting ready to push start this attempted land speed record and, and that right. that image really resonated with kelly and i because in our v8 speed and resto shop our team is oftentimes you know found pushing a vehicle uh, <laughs> to, to get things going but that's always a sign of teamwork it's a sign right. of working hard to make something really awesome happen you know and i think that's what that image depicts yeah, uh, yeah. which is yeah. really cool I yeah, that's a good one, and uh, uh, we got another one as a gift for some good neighbors of ours. Uh, one of your motorcycle theme pieces ah. that uh, they're 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 Harley people, and and uh, nobody can believe it. You know, they they all think it's <laughs> it's some kind of digital print, and it's like no, that was that was hand done, man. Yeah, it's a copy, yeah. but it's hand done. <laughs> so we thank you for all awesome. that, and. Um, Again, thanks for joining us, and to uh, to everybody out there in V8 Radio Land, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, burning up another perfectly good hour with us. <laughs> nice talking to you guys, Michael. Thank you. Kevin. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Thank you for coming you. on the show. It was amazing. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, us too. And um, if again, if anybody uh, uh, would like to be alerted when a, the latest episode of V8 Radio comes out, you, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, of course, Google Podcasts and, and all kinds of stuff. But Mike and I are trying to do a little a little push again towards Apple stuff because that seems to be kind of the predominant platform of where people can listen. And uh, as we said last time, I recently learned that if a bunch of people subscribe all at once, it pushes us up in the ratings, and eventually we will catch Car Talk, which has been in reruns for four years. <laughs> <laughs> So for Mike Cuball Clark and uh, Mr. Nitrophil Pencil, Mr. Ed Tilrock, I'm Kevin Oste. Thanking you for listening to yet another episode of VA Radio and to keep the shiny side up. And we'll talk to you next time.